Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Kent Only podcast with Matt Gerrard and myself, John Phipps, in association with Tom from Dover's Quiz Night. It's been another busy seven days in the county and we've got a packed show coming up for you with three interviews all brought to you by the man who is currently sat in an office in Broadstairs. Uh, how are you, Matt? Very good. You, you said my moods go up and down from football and it's been a, a very from a Dover point of view, a good 24 hours. So uh, I'm quite happy. So at the moment, yeah, really enjoyed, yeah, enjoyed last night. So um, my mood is good at the moment as we end, enter April. Well, indeed, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly a, a very impressive uh, period for Dover. And uh, well, funny enough, I've just been pulling together some notes for the show. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden it's looking very good. But we'll talk about that later on. Um, first of all, um, Tom from Dover's quiz night. Now, I've never met Tom from Dover. So this is obviously something to do with you. Yes, we've got a sponsor. No, the sponsor. I know the sponsorship worked really well last week. Can you remind everybody who our sponsor was last week, John? It was the Baylodge Guesthouse in Eastbourne. Yeah, so thanks for their long going, ongoing support with this. But this week we are sponsored by the Thursday night pub quiz at the Cricketers in River near Crabble. Near Crabble, the ground that Way fans go to. It's £3 per person, including a curry, and it's 8 till 10. So if you can join that, they're the kind sponsor. It's the Thursday night pub quiz at the Cricketers in River near Crabble. And if you mention Kent Nonley podcast episode 77, he said you'll get a pound off as well. That's wow. a great night out. Do you love a quiz, John? Uh, do you know what I do? I, I, I do. I think it, it's one of those things that I think I'm surprised they're still as popular as they are now that everyone's got a phone in their pocket. But I, I do enjoy a quiz night. Yeah, I do. I, it's it's difficult because you, to, to really succeed at a quiz night, you need to have a mix of ages. So what I'm probably better at a quiz night when I've got my mum and dad with me because, you know, they can provide different bits and pieces, different wealth of knowledge. I mean, on sport, you know, I've got no, no worries. I'm I'm great at that. But, you know, music and TV and film and things like that, you just need someone with a, a little bit of a different age range, don't you? You do, and you'll get all that at the Thursday Night Pub Quiz at the Cricketers in River near Crabble. Also, I've got a question for you, John, from Tom himself, as, you're, as, you're, as you are a qualified journalist. Which word has the most dictionary definitions of 464 and it has three letters? You don't have to answer that now. You can come back to me later in the show. Yeah, I will do. I'll think about that. I've got absolutely no idea at the moment, but I'll think about it. Yes, I do do like a quiz. I went to a quiz last for the local church a week, about 10 days ago, and we went on there, and uh, I was so out of my depth with some of the questions about green graces in Broadstairs as one of the rounds was about Broadstairs in about 1940 so um, yes I was out my day I've had a nice enjoyable time and I'm sure you will do if you go to the Cricketers in River quiz 8 till 10 on a Thursday night excellent that's really good stuff and I hope that everybody who does go along uh, has a nice evening at that quiz night because it sounds like an absolute uh, cracker um, TV then quickly Matt we won't uh, dwell on it too long um, do you watch Line of Duty I do. I'm a big fan of Lion and Duty. Have you not watched that before? Well, you see, this is the thing. It's back. It's back on Sunday, uh, obviously on on BBC One. Um, we tried to watch the last series. We tried to start watching the first episode, and after about ten minutes, we just felt lost. So I don't know if it's one of those ones you have to watch from the start, but it seemed to me it just moved at such a rapid pace that um, I didn't really know what was going on. So do, do you recommend that I give it? A yeah, the start? first. Yeah, the first series was Lenny James, if you know Lenny James um, about a policeman, and all the characters get built in. I, I'm big in my own trumpet up here because I watched The Line of Duty when it was on BBC Two before it went big. Ooh. But 
So yes, I, I, I was one of those people who watched it. But again, I would watch it. I think this, not the last series, the series before that, the ending is amazing. So I would definitely recommend it. But we haven't got onto Baptista, and, and we know this. Well, I always say we watch it in. We don't like watching an episode then waiting a week anymore because it's just so 19th century. So again, Line of Duty, we'll probably watch it in the whole week build up till the Sunday one when it's the final, then watch it from there. So we probably won't watch it from there. What have I been watching? Uh, Idris Elba, My Hero, had a, had a uh, new comedy show on Netflix. Would you watch that? It was okay. Nothing spectacular. Um, and that's about it, really. Not much coming up. Every, you know, when you come into the office and talk about telly, every say there's nothing on the telly at the moment. So, um, And it's getting to that time of the year where you don't want to watch telly. You want to go outside because the clocks are going back. So... Uh, and the beach hut's coming back so uh, the beach hut is down my favourite place in the world but we can't get into it for about another three weeks which is a bit annoying but I'm very excited because I do love my beach hut yeah just a quick point of note there the clocks actually go forward on forward, uh, spring forward forward but I always say that so yeah. normally it doesn't bother me because it's like Sunday morning not, nothing to get up for but um, I have a feeling that having breakfast service uh, quite a busy breakfast service could be quite problematic because people may not be uh, quite so switched on with the ch- clocks changing I'm going to have to go around it's not just you know the matter of going around and changing a couple of clocks in the house now oh no no got to go around I've got to change all the ones in every bedroom it's going to be alright pain in the backside I can't wait for the uh, day that they stop doing this nonsense um, it's spring forward fall back as my dad says how I remember it my friend that is how so, I remember yeah, so, but well, yeah you lose an hour in bed that's a bit of a doing with kids being up at silly o'clock that's not good no, but uh, yeah, so that's going to be um, good fun. The, the, the thing I'm watching at the moment uh, is MasterChef, uh, which is reaching its finale this week. Uh, it's been a brilliant series. The standard is really, really high. And uh, for the first time in living memory, we've actually been watching it all the way through. Because normally we just end up saying, oh, we'll watch it later, we'll watch it later. But we've just really, really got into this series. Uh, three episodes to go, I think, tonight, Thursday and Friday. And uh, whoever wins, I think they're going to be a worthy winner because the, the standard of the cooking this year has been out, out of this world, by the looks of things. I've, I've seen Greg Wallace I'm not really a fan of him he just annoys me a little bit um, on the shows he does but I have seen him in Canterbury walking past me in Canterbury I think he's he's basically a fruit and veg man I think from Whitstable so he's, he's one of our own uh, John so I have seen him wandering the streets of um, Canterbury so I'm not up there with the people you had last week from Girls Allowed etc and if you have any more famous spots in Eastbourne in the last week uh, no, I did um, catch a glimpse of um, John from the Kent Only podcast in the mirror this morning, though. So, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't really know. If you think you're on a par with the person from Girls Aloud, I'll, I'll give you that, John. Yeah, no, I'm but, not. Uh, I'm really not. No, no, no. Uh, mirror on the wall. Yeah, it's our 77th episode this week, which as well as being a blum integer, no, no idea, uh, the name of Talking Heads' debut album and the year in which my long-suffering other half, Hayley, was born, uh, it's also an important number in the Christian world. Uh, now, Matt, you're much more of a regular at church than I am, so do you know any significance about the number 77? Uh, no. Uh, my, again, when I went to the quiz, there was a, a religious round and... I make my excuses at that, so say no. Right, so there's two things. Uh, according to the Gospel of Luke, if Adam, as in and Eve, is the first generation, then Jesus Christ himself is the 77th generation. Um, and also, if you use the numbers that correspond to the letters, so A is 1, B is 2, Z is 26, etc., then C plus H plus R plus I plus S plus T equals 77. Hey, who says you don't learn anything from this Kent Lee podcast? That is amazing. Talking about, uh, we know, I'll say this bit, so we mentioned we mentioned the 1975s. 
apparently he's getting a big thing here, Tom from Dover. Um, his brother eats at the same restaurant as the 75. And I've seen them there numerous times. I forgot to mention that on the pod. It's, it's Tom from Dover, who is running a quiz on Thursday night at the Cricketers Pub in Dover. Is, so I don't know if they're friends or they just go to the same restaurant or things from there. And I don't think it's a Weatherspoon's restaurant. I think it's quite a posh restaurant because Tom's brother's a Fulham fan, a big Fulham fan. But we do have our disagreement the way how football should be played. But that's a different, different story. So, they, yeah, so we do know some of those 75s, but I don't know if they do know them or he just occasionally passes the salt in them. Well, there you go, that is fascinating. Anyway, on with the show. And we can only start in one place, Faversham. For it was at Salters Lane in Faversham that Cray Valley PM booked their spot at Wembley Stadium after a 1-1 draw on Saturday, which saw them beat Canterbury City 2-1 on aggregate in the FA Vars semi-final. Matt was at the game and we'll get his thoughts shortly. But first, his Emmanuel wasn't quite fit enough to play in that fixture, but he's already got his eyes on Wembley. It's Cray Valley PM goalkeeper Andy Walker. How close were you to playing today anyway? Um, um, it's hard to say, really. I mean, um, with 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 Darren, you know, ready to go, um, it, it, it made no sense if there was any doubt for me. Um, you know, it's a hamstring, is it? To come in, yeah, it's my hamstring. Yeah, done last week in in, in the first leg of this competition. Um, yeah, as, as long as we had Del and he was available, then it made no sense for me to um, you know for me to risk it. We've got a league campaign still to deal with, um, you know, and um, yeah, so the decision was kind of made for me. If we didn't have that option, then possibly I would have um, you know give it a go, but um, you know. Darren's a, a top-class keeper, and uh, you know I, I didn't need to risk it. You see the, um, you know, you mentioned before in the manager mentioned there being very praising of you. How does it feel? You know, he's played his emotions down. I think maybe it's going to hit him after that. But what was the dressing room like after the final whistle? Oh, absolutely buzzing. I see that obviously I've stood there while the gaffer sort of, uh, you know, he's given me a little bit of praise, but uh, I can't speak highly enough. He, he mentioned there, you know, we played together, um, you know, and I, I think. Um, I think he'll admit that he could have been a better player than he actually was, you know. But as a manager, um, just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. He, he, he gets the balance right between the, the characters that he signs, the, the ability, what he puts together, and he's so selfless in doing it. He puts so much effort into this, um, and, and absolutely buzzing for the gaffer and and all the ball that you know we can give a little bit back and, and give them the opportunity for them to uh, you know have a day out at Wembley. He said that you're going to play at Wembley. Even if you're on one leg, you're going to play. You're going to be fit in time. Oh, I'll be fit in time for that. Yeah, definitely. And what does that mean to you? You know, no disrespect. You get on a bit these days. What does it mean to you to play at Wembley? Oh, again, I can't even describe. You know, it's just an absolute dream come true. I had a really bad injury a couple of years ago, um, and I was staring down the barrel of not being able to play. Um, you know, and to come back and to achieve this is just the absolute fairy tale stuff. You know, can it sink in at the moment? No, like I say, I mean, the changing room, everyone went mad, but uh, it's a little bit muted. I don't think everyone can fully comprehend what we've just achieved. Um, absolutely buzzing, um, you know, and, and in the coming days, you know, more than likely it will start to sink in. And then, you know. Um, For you personally, this tournament when you started out, and there's a lot of teams and you've got a lot of rounds before you get anywhere. Was this a tournament you think, oh, we could have done well at the start of the season? Uh, listen. <laughs> I think you, you take it round by round. You, you, you take it round by round, you know, and we 
it, we spoke in jest about doing well in this competition uh, and expected to do well but I don't think anyone truly believed that we could do this this well I remember back at um, you know talking about the last 60 odd in the competition and you know we was getting really excited about it and now to be in the final is just like I say absolute dream come true well congratulations and well done captain aside at Wembley you can't get better than that oh do you know what I, you know that first and foremost and you know to, to, to walk out hopefully with you know my, my two kids um, Charlie and Mia and uh, you know have, have my wife Kath watching we'll just uh, you know uh, underscore honestly it makes me speechless just talking about it he's had a great career Andy Walker and uh, this is going to be the crowning glory of it isn't it yeah I think he made a very brave decision uh, Darren Ibrahim was signed apparently before the quarterfinal um, game as a goalkeeping cover um, and, and Walker you know said I could play it but he didn't want to risk it he wanted his team to get to Wembley so and admire that Kevin Watson said straight away after the end of the game he'll be playing in the final there's no doubt about that because he's been my goalkeeper and he's been a great goalkeeper he's a very good goal with Bromley um, so yeah I, I'm delighted for him felt a bit for uh, for Canterbury I think it, they hit the crossbar just before half time I think they were quite happy going into the half time uh, crowd plenty of the boys we expected but didn't create too many chances Canterbury then had a couple of chances straight after half-time, but then Cray picked them off. And then when they got one back, they did shake a little bit, Cray, um, as Ben Smith sort of thought they would do, but they couldn't get it over the line. But uh, delighted for Cray and um, delighted for Andy Walker and, you know, the other people, Gavin Tomlin, Kevin Lisby, who've got that day in the sun from there. And fair play to Kevin Watson, who did say, you know, he's quite a guarded character, Kevin Watson, but he did say he did believe his side were one of the two best sides at their level in the country and he's achieved that and he's achieved that by getting through to the final and good luck to them. Yeah, I do just to take umbrage with you saying to Andy Walker, you're getting on a bit now as Andy Walker is 19 days younger than me. So do you want to say that to me as well? So how old is he then? 37. 37. Well, as a goalkeeper, I suppose you don't I think I would say you'll get on a goal for a bit for a goalkeeper. Maybe I'm doing a little bit of a disservice there, but um, yeah, it won't. You are getting on a bit, mate. 37 is old. Hey, what's that? Oh. Well, that makes me being nearly 44, though. But uh, there you go. So, but um, but would you class yourself as old? No, I'm in my. No, I'm, I've only just left. As a footballer 30. being old, as a footballer being old, I presume, because you know, I wouldn't have thought you'd be able to play Scaffold League football, would you? Well, no one's ever given me a chance, so how do I know? <laughs> that is true. Yeah, maybe that trial you missed as a fourteen-year-old could have come and uh, come your whole career. But no, I think he, yeah, I think he admitted he's getting old. The injuries are causing problems for him, which he's had before, and he's been through some injuries. But you know, he's looking forward to his good day out. But um, he didn't take it to Umbridge. I think he was just delighted to go to Wembley. So probably could have asked him anything, and he'd just be happy to go to Wembley. I do think, uh, actually, and, and this is a, possibly a, a conversation for another day and, and maybe another show, um, but I sometimes wonder if people have, um, if you don't play so much when you're younger, if you have a bit more uh, ability to go on later into your career, because the, the prime example for that is obviously the current Dover manager, Andy Hessenthaler, who was still playing when he was in his mid-40s, like even older than you are now, you old git. Um, and, but he didn't start playing professionally until his mid-twenties, and I don't know if that made a difference to, to the longevity he was able to get out of his career. Yeah, I know people who, you know, at my age, who were a lot better footballers than me, and when they were playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday all, all the time, and then maybe your, your bones can't do it, but Andy Hessenthaler, a prime example, maybe that, you know, 
not training, not going for the academy, not doing all things like that. Uh, wanted a little bit more, and he went on. You know, he probably could still do a job now, Andy. Yes, entirely. He look, looks pretty fit out there. So, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting talk from that. But maybe footballers, maybe you know, as medical improvements come on, will we see in the next twenty years players going deep into their forties as well as outfield players, as well as keepers? A bit like Teddy Sheringham, I mean, he was other one. Um, he went, I think, quite late into the professional game with Millwall, and he had, a, and he was playing Premier League football about forty-one, I think. Exactly. Well, moving back to the FA Vars. Um, what were the celebrations like for, for Craig Valley? Uh, and not just um, the players, obviously, but the people behind the scenes as well. Oh, yeah, you could see it. They were hanging on the end of their golden opportunity. Um, Cooper had a header just any other day. The fullback didn't really want it falls into him. And he, you know, he should have scored. But you could see the relief on the Craig bench. Kevin Watson is very, very guarded. He was very complimentary about Canterbury, very complimentary about his backroom staff. Uh, and I think he thinks now, well, we've done one half of it. Now maybe we've got a chance to go on and win the league. So um, he, he was playing from there. But of course the players would be delighted. It's six weeks away. I believe it a lot longer than six weeks away and they've got a lot of football to be played. But yeah, the, the players were over the moon. I think they were going to go back to um, Cray, uh, the clubhouse and um, go from there and have a good, not good night. But fantastic achievement. And it's good for, uh, for, for Kent, well, the Scaffold League at least anyway, in Kent football. Yeah, and obviously they have got other fish to fry as well over the next few weeks. And I suppose they, they the challenge now for Kevin Watson is to put the FA Vars final out of his mind because they've got a title race. And we'll discuss that more in a minute, but they that, they could win the double here, couldn't they? They've got a very good result went for last night. I think they've got games in hand. Um, it's still about four or five weeks ago for the rest of the season. So I think it's, they're playing, I think they're playing this evening in a game. So yeah, it's putting down one one job ticked, next, next one try and get in the Devon Bostick South Division and maybe they've got a good chance. But it, it, was, a, it was an excellent game. Nervy game. The quality wasn't there in the final third, but Cray had that little bit of extra to, to do it, and I think um, it's disappointing for Canterbury really. But they, they're pleased how they've got on on the footballing map, and now their next target is to return to the turn to the city. Yeah, there was a, a, a nice tweet as well from Cray Valley, which I'm just trying to find uh, in front of me, but it basically said, you know, that Canterbury should be proud of what they've done in this round, and we'll move on and talk about Canterbury now. Um, and obviously, they've had a uh, a, a fantastic run. Um, we spoke to them, well, we spoke to them a couple of weeks ago. And here he is again, is Canterbury City goalkeeper Jack Delo. Hard to take at the minute. Um, obviously, the boys in the changing room are devastated. Um, I think we gave everything. And I think over the two legs, we were possibly unlucky not to not to come out as victorious in, at Wembley, really, because obviously they score a lot of goals. Um, I know they don't concede many, but they score a lot. And I think over the two legs, I've not really been troubled too much. I mean, I had probably one save to make in the first game. And probably one save to make this afternoon. So over two legs, we've kept him really quiet. And we've had the chances, I believe. So on a different day, maybe we'd have been uh, the ones going to Wembley. But credit to them. They stuck to their job and um, I wish them all the best. What was the dressing room look like when you all went back in there? Well, our dressing room? Yeah. Uh, just a bit of deflation. But, you know, we kind of, a couple of people had their say and just said, you know, be proud of what we've achieved. No one expects us to ever get this far. Um, so we just got to, you know, bounce back. Um, we've got a lot of league games coming up. We can't really do anything in the league now, but we've got to pick ourselves up and try and get on a little run and hopefully keep a lot of the boys together for next season. Um, I think if we can do that with the, with the addition of a couple, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do well next year. You know, I think during the game, I think 
I think at half time you'd have been quite happy they had plenty of possession but didn't really hurt you and you had a couple of chances after half time as well yeah exactly and, and we knew they'd have possession that they're a ball playing football side they've got great players in their team with you know a couple of Premier League experience so we knew we, we knew what they're about um, our game plan was just to stay in the game and I thought at half time and we, we you know it was still nil nil and I was one nil down in, in the overall but I still thought cool we've got a good chance here and uh the goal kind of killed us a little bit. It was a bit of a lucky goal. I mean, I made the save and it just kind of fell to the one person that you didn't want it to fall, Gavin Tomlin, and that's what he does. He just scores goals. Um, but I still, I still thought we could, you know, we need, we need one more chance to go, which we did. Gary Sayer popped up, overhead <laughs> left foot, by the way. He's never done that in his life, but credit to him. And um, yeah, I just thought one more chance, one more chance. And I, I still, I think all the boys still believed. But You had one chance as well. Yeah, I know. Cooper, yeah, he just kind of saw it late. He said he kind of thought the bloke was going to get up and win it in front of him. And next thing you know, it's on his head and it's one of those. It's a, it's a reaction and unfortunately it just went over the bar. But yeah, just tough to take. But we just got to bounce back now. You mentioned before, sorry, Mark, that, that you know, about your career as well you, you know you thought about retirement where does it you know I know it's half an hour after the game what's, oh, no. what's your feelings about that now I oh, know I was just chatting to uh, Ryan Cooper in the shower actually and just um, I said it's tough because I really enjoy it down here really really do enjoy it and it's a great bunch of lads and I, I do think with the with the squad and if he keeps them together next season big things can happen hopefully we get a ground as well which would be nice um, I don't know let's, let's just get this season out of the way let me go and uh, enjoy the summer uh, I've got a nice holiday booked in which was actually when the Vars final was. I was going to, if we got there, I'd have delayed my holiday, but I'm going to go and relax when, on that and just see what my body does. And yeah, we'll just make a decision nearer the time, I believe. Yeah, you know, nearly 1,300 people there. So that shows, you know, if Cadsby went back to the city, what they could support they can get. Exactly. And I think we've put the city back on the map now. And it does amaze me how a, 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 a city the size of Canterbury hasn't. Got a, I know it used to have a big following, but where it's kind of died down because you know, your Maidstones and your teams like that have got big followings. And Canterbury's a big city and it's a popular city. And I just think, you know, with the ground and with what we've done this season in the Vars run, I mean, it's put us on the map and hopefully people coming through the gates now and just we can build that up. And not, I know it take a long time to get to where Maidstone are, but that's got to be the aim. You know, they've done it and why can't we? You can hear the disappointment there, Matt. It's so, I always have the ultimate respect for any footballer who goes through that sort of disappointment and then comes out and chats to, uh, to people like you and I after, after a game when you're obviously so low. Yeah, I think um, it, it was difficult. It's probably about half an hour after the final whistle streak. I think it was beginning to sink in that um, they weren't going to get there. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you've had him on the program a few weeks ago, and we realised, you know, what a good career he's had, and he wanted to, to, you know, maybe end it at Wembley Stadium, where you know, where Spurs will be playing his team as well. So, yeah, to the point, interested to see what happens from there. He thinks that, as he said in the interview there that they've got. Uh, a decent squad that maybe they can go ahead next season and maybe try and get to the next level and maybe he wants to do that but I think he's going to sit down and discuss it but he's had a good career a decent game on Saturday when he's called upon he kept him in it a couple of times with a hit on the counter attack but yeah you've got to feel for players like that and will he always look back and you know think what could have been because you know it's all football's ambitions to play at Wembley of course well, exactly and you've got to look at players like um, Gary Sayer as well and, and, and a couple of others who it's their second time of getting to this level, and you just wonder if next year they might have a sort of a, a, want to have another go at it, and, and and maybe hope it's third time lucky for them. Th- th- those sort of players. Yeah, I, I think um, if you look at the, you know, I'm not saying that the sides that get into the Vars final, apart from the northern side, you very very much sides that sides don't do it again. I think it must take a lot out of you with the, the travelling when you go deep into the competition and the number of games you take out of it. So it, it could be difficult to do that again, but they'll give it a go and Gary Sayer 
Lions as well, the uh, midfielder, they, they, they suffered that heartache. And they'll go again, but again, we'll talk about it. 30, nearly 1,300 people there, good atmosphere, good crowds, and they can't be, you know, lucky to get 100 of them every week. So let's please put them on the footballing map. And I'm sure uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think the first game, I think Cray will be against, it's draw, I think, the first game, like Chertsey against Northwich. So um, I presume they'll be probably wanting Chertsey, so there'll be more crowds to go and watch it with a local game. But yeah, no, it was a good day for, for non league football. I really enjoyed the game. And unfortunately, one of the sides had to lose. Yeah, I have finally found the tweet from Craig Valley, which says, our thanks to at Ben Smith 88 and at official CCFC underscore UK for looking after us so well today. And don't feel too disappointed. You may have lost the tie, but you have won many friends. Good luck in your search for a new home and see you again soon, which is a, a lovely message. And now Canterbury, you know, they can put their focus on to, on to getting this new stadium. And as you've already said, Matt, 1,300 people there on Saturday. It just shows the potential that there is. Uh, both for Canterbury City and for non-league football uh, across the county, which is why we do this podcast with people. Yeah, I think it was even a nice tweet from the um, the council. I know I've had the issues with the council supporting them. We had Joe Denny supporting them. So the, the support is definitely there. Now they've got to build on this, have another, hopefully a next successful season next year. Again, but the most important thing is somehow work together with the council if they can to get back to the back to the city of Canterbury because they need that. But, but it was a good, good day out, but yeah, but I think they need to get back. I think maybe if you offered, if we spoke to the, the chairman and Ben Smith, they said, oh, you're going to lose this, but within the next couple of years, you will be returning to your own ground in Canterbury. Maybe they'd have taken that. Well, exactly. That is the, the, the big thing for them. As you've already mentioned, in the league, uh, Craig Valley had even more reasons to cheer on Tuesday night as their bid for the Scaffold title was boosted as Corinthian were beaten 1-0 at Lordswood. Uh, the Millers host Beerson on Wednesday night and a win there will take them to within two points at the top and they will still have a game in hand. But they could still be fourth in the table though as Chatham Town in third are also in action at Croydon while Canterbury City travel to Russell tonight. Glebe beat Irith Town 1-0 on Tuesday night while on Saturday Fisher stayed second with a 1-0 win over Tunbridge Wells. Beckenham beat Punjab 1-0. Hollands and Blair went down 2-1 at Crowborough. K-Sport scored twice late on to win 3-2 at Croydon. Deal beat AFC Croydon Athletic 3-1. Chatham won at Lordswood by the same score. It was Russell 1, Beersted 1 and Glebe beat Sheppey United 3-1. And that title race, Matt, is all of a sudden looking very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I realised when I looked at the school, the Corinthian had lost last night when I got in. Chatham will still think they've got a chance. Cray Valley have got, have got the extra game in hand. So it's it's a four-horse race with you know eight games to play or, for, or nine games to go for Cray and seven for Corinthian. Whoever keeps their nerve now, you'd have thought Cray, will, with the confidence they've got, you know, let's go and do this, that they can Cray. Maybe last week I thought it was going to be in Corinthian's hands, but now it's gone over to Cray's hands. So I'm sure we're going to have plenty of twists and turns as Chatham they will be desperate to get back in the Devon Bowls success. I'm really excited in that league this year. I think last year was a two horse race. This year it's a four horse race, definitely. Well, I think last year it was it was last year was interesting because it, there were four teams up there. There was two promotion places, and until the very end, you had Crowborough and Beckenham were up there as well, and they just tailed off right at the end. And it looks this year like uh, as long as Corinthian can bounce back from that um, defeat that they had on Saturday, on Tuesday night. It could. This could run and run and run, and there's going to be some brilliant games between now and then. There's not many games where they're playing each other. These teams at the top, I don't think, but they'll all be looking forward to to, to trying to just keep keep on going because those teams have all been on an exceptional run. I mean, if I was doing odds at the moment, I'd have Fisher as the outsiders for the title, but then after that, I'd find it hard to split the remaining three. Yeah, I think so. yeah, Chatham. You know, they'll have the support behind them once they get going. If they can get to the title, Craig Valley, as you mentioned, and Corinthian, we know what they're. Their model is as well, and it's working well. It's just 
who keeps their nerves in that probably look at the relegation zone John as well I presume we're thinking two are going down are they yeah because you know Rostov got you know Punjab got two games in hand but the last time Punjab won a game they're, they're chasing there could be a you know it's a, it's a three horse race who's going to go down Croydon have already gone but the other sides are um, you know could be looking could be a squeaky bum time for Hollands and Blair Punjab and Rostov as well particularly Punjab who not, somehow need to get a result from somewhere well, they do. This weekend, they're away at Beersted. Uh, it's Chatham against AFC Croydon Athletic. Crober against Canterbury City. Deal Town take on Croydon. Uh, Irith Town against Rustall. Fisher against Beckenham Town. Glebe host Lordswood. Collins and Blair take on Cray Valley. It's K-Sports against Corinthian and Sheppey United against Tunbridge Wells. And then on Tuesday, uh, Tunbridge Wells host Glebe. And I don't know if you've ever seen these, Matt, but Sheppey United have got someone who's an absolute genius who does clever posters for all of their games. And this one for the game against Tunbridge Wells this weekend is one of my favourites because he's taken a Monopoly board and made Tunbridge Wells Mayfair and put like heart, castles and everything on it and then to put Sheppey on Old Kent Road with a caravan, which I thought was a, 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 a very, very interesting intelligent use of uh, material. I also reading about Tumbridge Wells, I'm not saying it from this, apparently, I read somewhere in the UK, it's in the top 10 place if you want to be unfaithful to your partner. So that means, but there you go. So we just I keep telling our missuses that um, we're doing this radio show on Monday night. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, not in Tumbridge Wells, yes. <laughs> yes. To be honest, I, I, I don't see any romantic couples in the Weatherspoons we go in though, to be honest. To be honest, just a lot of sweaty old builders and us, I think. Well, exactly, yeah. Um, in the Scaffold Division 1, Wellingtown were without a game and saw their lead cut to six points as both Irith and Belvedere and Brydon Ropes won 4-1 against Lewis and Borough and Rochester United respectively. Both have got games in hand and with Kenton in fourth just a point behind them, it's just shaping up to also be an excellent title battle. Kenton beat bottom place Meridian BP 6-0 uh, with two own goals in, in, among the scorers there. Uh, it did 2-2 between Forest Hill Park and Kent Football United. SC Timothy won 3-1 at Greenways. Stansford also won 3-1 against Holmesdale. Lidtown won 2-0 at Southern Athletic. And FC Elmstead, a pair of 0-0 draws, which are a rare thing in the scaffold at Phoenix Reserves on Saturday. And then at home to Forest Hill Park on Tuesday night. And all of a sudden, Matt, that title race looked like Welling were running away with it. Right now, anyone could win that. Yeah, of course, Eric shouldn't really be in that division, I don't think, anyway. But the result, Welling beat them recently. But now, Eric, three games in hand, they would go top of the table. So, yeah... And Bryden Ropes as well. We had a game, they can do it. Yeah, really exciting again. You know, it's fair play. Sutton Athletic have a good the top five. Have definitely gone ahead of the other sides. Yeah, again, we think so. Two up from this, so as well, I presume. So Wellingham in the in the in the uh, driving seat at the moment. Who can follow them at the moment? I'd probably say the top two are going to be the sides are going to do it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. I don't know. If I've got a feeling that maybe. Bride and Ropes are in a bit of form. Welling are starting a little bit. Maybe it could just be a, a shock. Anyway, this weekend, Wellingtown will hope to kill off Kennington's title hopes uh, when they clash, while Bride and Ropes and Irith and Belvedere will be looking to keep the pressure off as they host Snobland Town and Greenways, respectively. Elsewhere, it's FC Elmsford against Meridian VP, Holmesdale against Forest Hill Park, Lewis and Borough against Stansfeld, Lidtown against Kent Football United, Phoenix Sports Reserves against Sutton Athletic, and Rochester United against SC Thamesmead. Right, we've gone on long enough then before letting him off the leash. On Tuesday night, Dover Athletic took a huge step towards securing their National League status with a 3-1 win at Dagenham and Redbridge. It was a game that should have taken place on Saturday, but as we're about to hear, some Dover players had other things to do then. As it was, Jamie Allen, Vicente Gomez and Alfie Pavey scored the goals that moved the Whites eight points clear of the drop zone. And after the game, Eight points! Eight points! And after the game, Matt spoke to Anthony Jeffrey, firstly about that game, but then also about his international exertions with Guyana. Yeah, massive, massive. We've seen the results now. Gone our way, to be fair. I think 
you know, a couple more games and we could be safe. So that's the end goal. We need to hit a target of 50. We need to hit that target. We're not far off that now and I think if we carry on, we'll be out of it real soon, to be fair. Is that the consensus in the dressing room that, that you know, you're nearly safe now? Yeah, you know, like, our consensus is like, we're not, we don't worry. Um, we know we've got enough quality to get out of anything. Um, we just need to just literally just keep our heads down. Don't really look at other people and just get our job done, you know. Dagenham's a hard place to come to, but today we've played them off the park in the first half. They're unbelievable, boys were. Um, and yeah, like, we need to keep going. I mean, Hartlepool, we're unlucky, I reckon. Um, lost it late there, shouldn't have lost that game. Halifax, we've got back up there now. I reckon if we keep going, we'll be out of it real soon, to be fair. I think you've just, Andy has said you only landed in the country this morning. So talk us about Guyana qualifying for the Gold Cup. It's that's a major event for your country, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, it's probably the best experience of my footballing career so far. Uh, Guyana in my country, my debut cap. Um, just being out there and you know stopping a win something for your country is there's no bigger honour really. Um, and then you, you look at all the history, you look at all of our stories to get there, and it's 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 been a long, hard road because some of us we wanted to play for a while now, but you know there's always been something stopping all of us to get together there once. So we got there, we worked hard, we focused, and yeah, we got the job done. Luckily, well, yeah. not luckily, but got the job done. You, you've qualified for the Gold Cup, which we get games against big sides in like America in the, in the summer. Yeah. Um, what does that mean for your country? It's the first time I think you qualified for, isn't it? Yeah, I mean we've been labelled now as the greatest team ever in Ghana we're the most successful team ever so it's it's, it's massive it's, it's a huge honour you know both my parents are from there so it, it's it's something that brings brings huge pride to myself to all of us and you know it was tears from all of us after the game I've never cried for joy in my life so <laughs> you can understand it was it was a special emotion special emotion a couple of players who play non-league football and lower league football are in the team so what's the spirit in the camp like I suppose you, you've all grown up together and now you're playing for the Guyana yeah it's, it's crazy I mean there's the, we've all if you look at the average age in the team it's, it's, it's about 94 it's 95 94 and we've all grew up with each other so it, like I said we've all been waiting to try and get on that pitch at the same time we finally managed to do it and we've done something special, created history. So, What were the celebrations like? <laughs> well, it was a fine. <laughs> it was a fine if you come back before 6am from the manager. He said, no one come back before 6am. So we were out and it was a good night. It was a good night. Was the whole country stopped. It was just amazing. Felt like movie stars out there. What would it be like when you're in actual, the, the, the tournament itself? Will the country stop for a major event like that? Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I mean, we saw massive support and it's a, it's a country that was, that was run by cricket. Now I think we've we've gone and made a massive statement to get to the Gold Cup. I mean the next now next one is simple. It's the World Cup. That's what we're aiming for. We've got a good team, real good team. Um, you never know like what can happen in the Gold Cup. What can happen? Lives can change. TP players can end up at different clubs. MLS, you know, you can end up wherever really. So it's a thing where we're now just all preparing ourselves with our general seasons as well. So once I once we are safe. Then it's focus on the Gold Cup, but first things first is a focus on Dover, just getting out of the relegation battle. When's that? Is that June the tournament, is it? June's the tournament. We go away. I don't know the dates yet. <laughs> I don't think the manager's thought about that yet, but you know, we know we're going away in June. We know that we start. We know the draw's coming up soon, so we'll all be looking real closely about that. Hopefully, praying for someone like USA or, USA or uh, Mexico. Those are the teams we really want to be playing. And um, if we get those, then let's go. Let's, let's, let's have it. Let's have it, really. Um, I wouldn't have expected Guyana to be in the uh, in the Gold Cup, but fair play to them. And you can tell Anthony Jeffrey is is really looking forward to the summer's tournaments. 
But it's faceless up when I can start uh, mentioning about that. I, I, we're trying to work out commentary last night. I presume it's like, this is a bit strange way of describing it, it's the European Championship for the North American sides, would you say? Yeah, basically, yeah. It, yeah so I think it's quite a major competition. The American, you know, America, Mexico and Guyana qualifying. Yeah, I, I love this sort of, some of these countries who qualify, they have national holidays and all sorts and he said it was a major event people celebrating across the thing didn't get back until the early hours of the morning but absolutely fantastic for them and uh, good luck and he said there they're going to be put on it'll be on national television in America some of the tournaments in Miami so it's a major thing and there's a lot of non-league players in there Keanu Marsh Brown his brother and a couple of things and Michael Johnson's the manager not the sprinter but the former Derby and Notts County man so uh, he's finally got the team together and as he said that team grew up together a lot of these players and um, living in living in the UK, but his parents being from that area, I think he was absolutely delighted. And uh, it should be an interesting summer for him, isn't it? That's not bad going around a, uh, in, across the world playing international football. Not many people could say they've done that. No, exactly. I've got the list of the, the draw incidentally, which Anthony wasn't particularly aware of, is on April the tenth, so a couple of weeks away, and we will keep an eye on that uh, when it happens. But like you say, you've got your Mexico, uh, the USA, Canada, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, Panama, obviously, who tried to kick England a lot in the World Cup, um, Costa Rica, Honduras. But then you've also got the smaller nations, Martinique, Curacao. Um, it's also a debut in the tournament for Bermuda as well. So, you know, some of these players could well get a, a, a day in the sun. They've already put uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, Honduras and the USA in their groups. So they're all in A, B, C or D. So I'd imagine that Guyana will be desperately clinging on to the fact that they could be drawn uh, in Group D, which would see them playing their games in St. Paul, Cleveland and Kansas City, um, with a couple of games also going to be in the Caribbean. But uh, they, they will surely... Uh, they want to play the United States or Mexico because they are they, they are the big games, as as Anthony Jeffrey uh, said there. But to, while that's lovely, great for Anthony Jeffrey, um, you wouldn't have cared how Guyana got on on Saturday as long as the result went your way last night, would you? Yeah, no disrespect to Guyana. I'll be look, I'll be supporting them in the uh, in the Gold Cup, which will be live on BT or something. Anyway, I'll be able to see Anthony Jeffrey crossing the ball in. But the um, yeah, it, it was a. You know, I worked out it was the seventh time I've been to Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, uh, the previous six, we've lost every single one and scored one goal. Um, so it's not a particularly happy hunting ground, but uh, I got there and we played first half really well, knocking the ball around. Jamie Allen, who I've got a lot of time for, I really like him as a player. He's got a lovely goal. He was causing them all sorts of problems. And Gomez, who's since he headbutted the Bromley player and, and got to give the, the, you know, the final warning from the club, you can't be doing that uh, or you'll be you know, letting you go. It's been absolutely brilliant. He got a a looping header from outside the box. And then it was a little bit concerned when, you know, when you're 2-0 up and Dover have thrown that away recently. But the third goal, Pavey, 5-6, is performing well, back heeled it in from the, after a knockdown and you knew it was game over. And there was a little scary moments, but Wogan made some good saves and Locke was heading the ball away. But yeah, it's a big win for us. And, you know, with having a Waterloo losing, Bournewood Luke drawing and, all the shot losing at the moment. It's looking pretty good for us. As I mentioned there, got excited earlier. Eight points clear of the drop zone with six games to play. It, 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 we're in a good position. So we've just got to make sure we get probably we get magical 50 points, four points in the last six games, which I think is possible for us. Then we're safe. Forget about this season and move on for next season. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it, it is a, a really good turnaround and fair play to Andy Hessenthal. Obviously, uh, he had a good start and then a bit of a blip, but he, he, he seems to have finally got Dover going in the right direction. As you say, 
now you're almost safe. It's, attentions can start to turn towards next season because it, it, he'll have a bit of a blank canvas, won't he? Just, just like Chris Kinnear always did, but I think he'll have a, it, he'll probably be able to do his business a little bit sooner than Chris Kinnear did, and then he'll be able to really try and build something to, to really take Dover in the right direction. And the consensus next year, the division could be a lot different. Okay, some the some money sides, I won't mention them, may not have as enough much money um, coming into it, so that may work in Davis Day. I'm sure. And you know, Christian had his ways of working the transfer market, working with trialists, etc., like that. I'm sure Andy Hessenthaler is going to be a bit more proactive, and maybe he already is working that. So, um, you know, I think the, you know a lot of the Davis fans probably know the players who are not going to be there next season, who he's going to get rid of. There's a chance of bringing other players in, and yeah, I say it hasn't been the greatest season. And again, I don't know where you stand on this. You know, final game of the season, I won't be jumping for joy that we, we've stayed up, or if we stay up, um, punching the air. I'll just forget about the season. I think it's been an absolute horrid season, whatever it will be, and move on to the next one. I'm not these people who invade the pitch when the team stays up. I just want to forget about that season and move on. So uh, I don't really like that sort of thing. I think the, the the expectations have obviously been ramped up at Dover over the past few years of how things have gone, and and you know it, it, I can completely understand what you're saying there. It's not going to be a case of celebration. It's going to be a case of right, that's it. We've done this one, got away with it. Let's rebuild, and and that that's the the most important thing um, for Dover to do. Um, elsewhere on Tuesday night, Ebbsfleet United um, drew nil nil at Halifax, uh, AFC Halifax with around what they've said, 40 or 50 fans making the trip up there, which is a, a hell of a mission um, on a Tuesday night um, for them. Elsewhere for our Kent teams this week, uh, as I go back to the uh, the page where the results are, because I didn't get this far on the script before I had to start talking to Matt. Uh, Bromley were 4-2 winners at Braintree Town, and the big derby game on Saturday ended Maidstone United nil, Ebbsfleet United 2. Um, and the results on uh, Tuesday night certainly... Um, while everything's looking rosy for Dover, I think the uh, the rotund lady is probably clearing her throat over at the Gallagher Stadium. Yeah, I think Braintree are basically relegated now, aren't they? Near enough, I think they've got to get win all their games to be able to lose. So they probably are relegated. So it's going to play each other. Made they've still got seven games to play. They can get to fifty points, but I think it could be this weekend. They could well be relegated themselves, can they? It depends how they get on this weekend, but it's not looking good for um, for Maidstone. But we, you know, I think we've realised that since John Steele came in, they're going to be relegated. They've got a interesting to see. I think um, Epsley got a good result against Maidstone, but I think you may find out that both Epsley and Maidstone may be looking completely different sides next season. I know Epsley still got players on contract, but the feeling is that some of them may move on to passes new, and I'm sure Maidstone are going to rip everything up. And maybe build the sides around the likes of Jake Embry and Peter Play and Azola, the striker up there. Uh, an interesting Jack Paxman on the transfer. It's interesting since Jay Saunders come in. Um, you know, he sent him out on loan last season. He's been transfer listed. We didn't really rate him and still hasn't really rated him either. So, uh, just to see where he lends up, maybe Margate from that point of view. But uh, big changes for some of our clubs now with, with a month to go to the end of the season. Um, it'll be interesting times ahead. Yeah, interestingly, this weekend in the National League, all four of our teams actually play a team uh, who are chasing promotion because you've got uh, Ebbsfleet are home to Wrexham, uh, Bromley go to Salford City, Maidstone go to Harrogate, and your boys go to Solihull Moor. So, uh, conceivably, that we could get nothing from them. But if Ebbsfleet United were to pick up a result um, and results would go the, uh, the other way, yeah, they played more games than everybody else, but they could actually sneak into the set, into the bottom playoff place on there. Uh, 
on Saturday for for albeit maybe for a short period, and uh, that'll be quite something. And and once you once you're in that playoff place, it surely gives you confidence, no? Yeah, I think they're stuck in them. They finished seventh last season. I think they did, don't they? Um, of course, they beat Aldershot. Look at Aldershot now. <laughs> yeah, at the bottom of the, uh, the same. Looks like they're going to be relegated. So, yeah, he's done a good job, Gary Hill. I think haven't got many players in. Have they? A lot of players have, have gone. Hasn't really brought that many in. Cody McDonald got injured. I see the game, you know, how many points are they? The two points behind Eastleigh. Eastleigh do have two games in hand. But big game. Wrexham on a bit of a slide. It'll be interesting to see what the benchmark will be against Wrexham from there. But it's been a good season when for Ebsley. It could have gone the other, other way when Dale McMahon went off, but I think the fans seem quite happy with Gary Hill, and you'll know what you're going to get with Gary Hill. If they haven't got as much money as they had uh, next season, you'll know what Gary Hill, he'll build a side up. He knows his players, he knows his contacts. A bit like, you know, Chris Kinnear, if you can bring him players in there, he'll get them right up the right end of the table. So, interesting times ahead for our sides there. For Ebsley, is it going to be too... It's going to be tight for them to get in there. I think the top six have gone. Maybe they're fine with Eastleigh for that final seven spot. Yeah, also on Tuesday night, uh, Bromley, they've got a tough old week because they play the leaders, uh, Leighton Orient, on uh, on Tuesday night uh, at Hayes Lane. I don't think, Matt, and I'm not... I, 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 no disrespect to Bromley at all, but I don't think they're going to recreate last year's uh, huge win. Was it 6-0 they beat Orient? I think it was the early part of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's when Orient having all sorts of problems from the... Oh. Orient are looking good to the side of the results have gone their way um, in this division which from a from a Kent point of view the four sides if they all go down the current four sides in there Lake Norian going up the, the the southern part of the division is really going to be have problems on it Neil Smith they normally rise to the occasion against the, the bigger clubs there'll be a big crowd there you're probably thinking 1500 maybe 2000 Orient fans are going to rock up because the way they're playing at the moment it'll be a cracking atmosphere at, uh, at Hayes Lane but Bromley can pay for their capabilities they can get a result I'm sure they did I think they had a decent result earlier in the season did they? I think they were holding on I think they lost 1-0 but um, yeah they've got capabilities there and Neil Smith will be urging his side on before the end of the season and again players may be playing for contracts as well Interesting one more point before we move on from the National League you say about how you know it could be bad news if uh, obviously there's four southern teams in the bottom of in the bottom of the table and one could well go up Um yeah, it would be bad news because there may be a bit more travelling in the league next year. But does that not mean that the teams in the South East are going to have a bit of a bigger player pool to pick from? If there's only in the South East, realistically, Sutton, um, Dover, Ebbsfleet, Dagenham, Boreham Wood may be competing for the players, as, as, as opposed to all the clubs that there are at this level competing for those players. Yeah, that, that is a good point. That, and... I know when Jake LeBurl, who was Dover's previous system manager, when it was a Southern League, which it is a bit at the moment, he said that was an issue because they'd go in for a player, then all these other clubs would rock up in the same sort of area. A lot of these players live in the London area. And it'll be interesting to see if the more players will be come available. But again, at the level of football, it's who can pay, maybe offer the longer contract and who can pay the most sort of money on this. Maybe the, the player pool probably does open up a little bit more for Dover because they are full-time. I presume they're going to carry on that full-time next season. So it, it, it's, it's interesting times. You may see some of these players, the sides get relegated, looking to move to other clubs. But as some people would say, do you really want to sign players from a relegated club if they've got that, um, that losing mentality about them despite what they've had in their career? Into the National League South and uh, Welling United moves up to third place in the table after a 1-0 win at Western Supermare while Dartford stayed sixth after being held 2-2 by Hampton and Richmond Borough. A bit of breaking transfer news as well in that division at the moment where uh, 
Dartford have made an approach for goalkeeper Louis Wells, uh, their former goalkeeper, who has been at Margate. So he looks like he's going to be moving back to Dartford to give them a little bit more for the end of the season, Matt. Yeah, as we saw it with um, Craig bringing in Darren Ibrahim, um, you need that extra bit of goalkeeping cover if you get goalkeepers injured. So Dartford have, have brought in Wells. I think Wells has done it in the last couple of seasons. Um, I presume he'll be Bradley Vogue uh, is the number one now I presume he'll still be the number one but it's just going into those playoff games you don't want to be going in with a young goalkeeper it, it, it makes sense and Louis Wells knows all about Dartford he's given up his number one role at Margate but Margate have got the guy I've brought a new goalkeeper in as well I don't really know much about him but um, it makes sense because the transfer deadline is Thursday so we may see some uh, dealings from all our clubs particularly in the south maybe finalising their squads before the conference uh, south final playoff push yeah Margaret did say that they may be expecting more players we'll come on to them shortly and but in between now and then you can work out how to say that goalkeeper's name as well because I know you avoided it on purpose um on Saturday I couldn't remember what it was but I know it, it, it's not John Smith is it so it's I totally different, no. uh, on Saturday Welling go to Gloucester City uh, while Dartford face Matt's uh Third favourite team in the National League South, uh, Truro City, who are uh, those two I teams. I love that... Truro City. They should have set the managers, today. Did they? Well, they're yeah. 18th and 19th and just a point outside the drop zone, Gloucester and Truro. So you can sort of understand exactly why. And it, looking at that league table, it could actually happen at the moment that Gloucester, Truro and Western Supermare be the three teams that go down. And this would just be a South East division. It wouldn't even be... It wouldn't, the only South West team left would be whichever one of Torquay or Bath didn't get promoted. So yeah, that's, that's, it's, it, football goes in strange ways, doesn't it, from that point of view? Well, Villaricky's str- struggling a little bit in that division as well. Worldstone... Um, my mate would definitely love Will say in the National League so <laughs> interesting time Welling will try and get as far as can up I think Chelmsford are doing well yeah, some big clubs in that division it's going to tight to the wire but it looks like Torquay are going to go up ahead of Woking yeah Chippenham Town obviously is also in the South West I do yeah, apologise yeah. to anyone uh, from Chippenham who listens to the Kent but you're right that's a really good point there's going to be that's a decent division um you think the four sides coming down if one of them has moved the travelling could be you know if, if they go do go Gloucester and Western Supermare the travelling is quite less in that one and there might might be more budgets for players to people to play with then exactly and Billa Ricky instantly he's mentioned struggling they've lost four in a row and no wins in five for them anyway into the National League good manager they've got if you ask Maidstone fans isn't they? <laughs> they they love him in those parts yeah. um, into the Bostic League where this weekend theoretically Cray Wanderers could be promoted, according to my maths, which I've written on a small piece of paper in front of me. Um, if Cray Wanderers were to win their game this weekend and Ashford were to drop points, then as I understand it, Cray Wanderers would be crowned champions of the Bostic League South East Division. Uh, Cray Wanderers who drew at the weekend, so they're, they're, it's not been, I wouldn't say it's a blip for Cray Wanderers, um, but they obviously were beaten the other week and then drew 2 2. Uh, had to come from behind twice as well. Uh, in their game against Hayward Heath, Joe Taylor scoring both the goals, both of them two minutes after they went behind uh, to Hayward Heath. But for their promotion to be secured this weekend, Ashford would need to drop points at home to Guernsey. So it looks realistically like Cray Wanderers uh, will be able to celebrate promotion in around uh, 10 days' time when they host Greenwich Borough on a Sunday. So that could be a real party atmosphere at Hayes Lane uh, then. Elsewhere on Saturday in the Bostick South East Division, it was Guernsey 2, Faversham 2. Michael Fryter scoring and being sent off for Faversham there. Uh, Horsham nil, Ashford nil, Ramsgate nil, Phoenix Sports nil. Seven Oaks Town beat Greenwich Borough 2-1. Hythe Town with three nil winners at Sittingbourne. Uh, 
Hastings. No one cares about that in the Kent Only podcast. But they won three one at uh, three bridges. Uh, it was VCG Athletic two, Herne Bay nil, and Whiteleaf one, Whitstable one. Uh, this Saturday in that division, the Bostic League South East, it's Ashford against Guernsey, a one o'clock kickoff at Homelands. Uh, East Grinstead against Hythe Town, Greenwich Borough against Sittingbourne, Hastings United against Ramsgate, Horsham against Seven Oaks Town, Three Bridges against Phoenix Sports, VCD Athletic against Hayward Heath, uh, Champions Elect Cray Wanderers go to Whitstable Town, and it's Whiteleaf against Hearn Bay. Uh, I suppose if you're a ground hopping sort, you might try and get to Ashford and somewhere else, Matt, on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's the. They played Guernsey then. I wasn't really. So I was looking at the um, the Roman League website, and I have to say, Craig Wanderers have got some flags. My mate loves some flags, so it was different from that. But I was thinking Ashford playing Guernsey, I think. Yeah, one o'clock kickoff. Uh, so, yeah, you might be able to get to either away, are they? Yeah, it's a shame. You probably could do both of them quickly. Yeah, and Folkestone as well. So I was just looking, I thought Folkestone yeah. might be a possibility, but I could yeah. possibly get to Tunbridge for the second half, maybe, or yeah, yeah. Uh, or somewhere in the scaffold, maybe. Yeah, there's yeah, so plenty of games out there, yeah. Recommend that. And if, anyone, recommend got, the if anyone out there does go and do two games on, uh, yeah. on Saturday, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know uh, what your second game is, because I've done it a couple of times. I've done... Um, I've been to. I did I've both never Margate, seen two games in one day. I did both Margate and Ramsgate once when Margate played in an early kickoff in the FA Cup, um, missed about five minutes, and then I also did Ramsgate against Guernsey, and then on the way home I saw the second half of Herne Bay against I want to say Tooting and Mitcham, um, which I think was nil nil, and Herne Bay were down to ten men, so I just got to watch the second half of that, and I think it ended nil uh, nil. But there's definitely um, some potential there. There's got to be some way you can watch two games. Uh, yeah, um, I've never watched two games in one day, live anyway, so maybe that's something I need to add on the wish list in my life. A bit like going to the quiz at Dover on Thursday nights at the Cricket Pub in things, kind of sponsor to this podcast. Yeah, why don't you, you could try and do it, couldn't you, Matt? You could try, you, you've, you've not, you're obviously not going to Solid Hole on Saturday, why don't you try it, see what you can no. do? Uh, let me just ask my wife. <laughs> no, she said. Oh dear. <laughs> She certainly didn't take to beep off anyway. Uh, no, exactly, no, no, she wouldn't do that. That's an off-the-record uh, chat yeah. being brought into the uh, into the podcast there. Uh, in, we'll finish off then with the Bossett League Premier Division, where Tumbridge Angels continued their good run of form, uh, still pushing up into the playoffs. Four nil winners uh, at Whitehawk. Um, two goals for Tom Derry. What a signing he's been for them. Uh, folks in Victor were beaten by a late goal. Uh, they finished with nine men. Josh Vincent and Phil Amara both sent off. And David Ajaboji nipped in right at the end and won the game for Worthing. 1-0. Bit of a blow for them. And Margate, 2-0 winners at Burgess Hill Town. Um, ben Swift and an own goal giving them the points. Still unbeaten under Jay Saunders. think it's too little too late, but... I suppose we said a lot. Margate were where they were, but if they'd gone, if they'd made the decision three, four games earlier, who knows where they'd be? That's what it is. And, and the goalkeeper they signed is Clinton Penetrio from Worthing. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, Clinton Penetrio. Don't really know much about them. He has made quite a lot of experiences for Worthing. So corners, we know watched a lot of games. Clearly, Ray Tim has brought him as, as the uh, new keeper coming in. Yeah, Margate fan I work with here, he said, oh, if the season had another month, he'd be confident they get in the plus. But shows what Jay Saunders has done. But you know, some of the Margate fans saying, oh, is he just saying next season uh, from that point of view? It'd be interesting if some of the clubs, maybe some clubs who are going to go into Conference South and other leagues may look at Jay Saunders and think maybe we're appointing. Well, Margate may need to work past, but we know he's a good manager. He knows this level. 
like the back of his hand um, and he knows players at this level. Six wins out of eight, two draws, uh, a really fantastic achievement by um, Chase Saunders. And uh, I'm pleased for Margate because, you know, we, you know, we take the mickey out of moaning a lot, but they've got somebody they can cling on to. And he's such a legend at the club as a player. What a good job he's doing as a manager as well. Yeah, only three points behind Folkestone now. Uh, them uh, are the gate as well. It's Margate against Kingstonian on Saturday. Uh, Potter's Bar Town against Folkestone and Victor, while Tunbridge Angels take on Harlow Town, who are right near the foot of the table. Um, so a good opportunity for Tunbridge Angels to continue their push towards the playoff places, uh, which they are currently doing very, very well. That's pretty much it for your Kent Non League podcast this week. Well, I say pretty much it. It's like it's like we've like we've done you short. We're, we must be over an hour now. Um, we've been practicing. Did you answer that question, John? Which word is the most dictionary definitions? Four hundred and sixty-four, and it's three letters. I think it's going to be but. Uh. As well, you've got a T in it, so it's set, apparently. That's yeah. thanks to uh, Tom, the uh, quizmaster at the Cricketers in River Crab Night, uh, Crabble Night, at Quiz Night, £3 per person, including the curry, 8 till 10. Don't forget, mention the non-league podcast, episode 77, and the word banana, I've played that in, from the sponsorship deal, you'll get a pound off. That's fantastic. Yeah, so if you are in the in the market for a pub quiz uh, on Thursday night, that is absolutely the best one I could recommend. And don't forget, obviously, if you're in the market for a night at the seaside, Baylor's Guest House in Eastbourne are still a valued sponsor of the Kent. They haven't paid this week. They haven't paid us for last week yet. You've given them more airtime. <laughs> well, they, uh, I've had um, serious conversations with the marketing manager and he's assured me um, that I will get paid at some point in the... Uh, in, in the future but uh, we shall see uh, about anybody else wants to sponsor it your business whatever we'll give them a mention um, again the offer that Tom did of a pound off for us to go to the quiz as well was something we couldn't turn down but um, come back with an offer we'll make sure we'll, we'll mention your business or whatever you do uh, or, whatever, or an event it might be your grand's 80th birthday we'll mention it on the Ken Non-League podcast as we've done with the Thursday night pub quiz at the Cricketers Pub in Dover. Exactly. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook we're Kent Non-League. Uh, Matt and I are back on the air Monday night to BBC Radio Kent. Uh, still haven't actually worked out what we're going to talk about this week um, but we are back on the air Monday night 9 o'clock. BBC Radio Kent 96.7 104.2 FM DAB Freebie Channel 719 and on the BBC Sounds app is where you can find uh, that hour of us talking um, slightly less nonsense than we do here uh, on the Kent Non League podcast. Um, but that is it for this week. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to uh, my, my good friend, and co-host and inspiration, Matt Gerard, for getting three really good interviews uh, for this week's show. And uh, we will be back with you same time, same place next week on your Kent Nonley podcast. Thanks for listening. The music round apparently is legendary at the quiz. At the quiz, in Dover.